So we are, um, as I said, wrapping up this series. So next Sunday is the, uh, the last uh, message in Luke as we will look at Luke 23 and 24 next Sunday, which is the resurrection. Uh, and so again, the, the most exciting miracle in, in all of scripture and all of time. But today we see, again, the time that sits between uh, the triumphal entry, which we looked at last week, right, when Jesus enters Jerusalem. Uh, and, and again, as we know, he will never leave Jerusalem, right? This is the last week of his earthly life. Um, and just as Luke tells us in chapter 21, Jesus spends most of his time in the temple teaching in Jerusalem for this last week of his life. Okay, and uh, again, we, I encourage you to read through chapter 21. Uh, we're not going to actually look at 21 at all today. Uh, and just as we've done throughout the, the summer, as you know, we just don't have time to look at all of the stories and all of the miracles. Um, but today we're going to focus in Luke 22 um, as we look at uh, the Last Supper, what we know as the Last Supper. Okay, and uh, as we see that, I was looking, realizing, again, reading through this, that this, this Last Supper now, which was actually the Passover meal. Okay, and this is a very significant meal that it's not just the last meal that Jesus has with his disciples, because it is the last meal that Jesus has with his disciples, the last meal that he eats, uh, you know, on earth before he goes to the cross. Literally just hours after this meal, he gets arrested. Okay, uh, but uh, with that is Jesus is extremely excited about this meal. Okay, and as we uh, looked at that, read through it, I want to start with this verse in Luke chapter 22, okay, verses 15 and 16. If you have your Bible with you, I invite you to open with me to Luke chapter 22. Uh, if you don't have your own Bible or don't have it with you, there are Bibles provided for you in the seat pockets in front of you. You notice on the outline is the page numbers where you can find these passages uh, in that Bible. And you'll see today we're going to be all over the place. We're not just in Luke today, okay, but we're starting uh, right here with these verses, Luke 22, 15 and 16. Okay, where it says, Jesus said, I have been very eager to eat this Passover meal with you before my suffering begins. For I tell you now that I won't eat this meal again until its meaning is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Hey, now this kind of stood out to me as I was reading through it this week, right? Is one is, you can sense Jesus' excitement in this statement, right? He said, I've been very eager to eat this Passover meal. Hey, Jesus, again, um, was excited about it, and so I think we should be too, but we got to wonder why is he so excited, right? And as we see again, he was eager to this, he was excited to, to, to celebrate this, but then he also makes this statement, right, to say that this Passover meal that they're celebrating in is that the meaning of it is going to be fulfilled. And so in order for us to really, I think, understand Jesus' excitement and understand even what he means by that, we got to understand the meaning of the Passover meal, right? What's the significance of it, okay? Because it is very significant. So today, what we're going to do is look at this Passover meal, okay, and see where was Jesus' excitement coming from, right? And what, what, what was truly fulfilled, right, in this meal and, and then moving on with his his death and resurrection, right, that happens literally starts in, in hours after this. So what is the meaning of the Passover meal? So that, that is, that's our pursuit today. We're going to look at that scripturally. What does it mean? Uh, as we start that today, I'll start with uh, the, the Passover is a festival. It is a Jewish holiday that was first instituted in Exodus chapter 12. Okay, and this was a Jewish holiday to commemorate 
Okay, the plagues that led up to the Exodus, led by Moses, when Moses took Israelites out of Egypt. Again, this was, uh, again, the again, very famous story, right, with Moses, and, and the, there are 10 plagues that lead up to Moses leading Israel out. As soon as they leave uh, Egypt, they go in, then they, they're, they're chased by Pharaoh's armies, they end up at the Red Sea, and that's when Moses parts the Red Sea. Okay, and so in this, at the start of this story, as Moses goes to Pharaoh over and over again and says, let the Israelites go, I need to lead them out, and he keeps telling him no. And there's a series of plagues that happen through Moses to Pharaoh and to Egypt, right, that lead up to the 10th and worst plague. Okay, and the 10th and worst plague, okay, is where uh, literally God kills the firstborn son of every Egyptian family and the firstborn male of every flock in Egypt. Okay, now I know what you're thinking. This is really mean and extreme, and you're right. Right? God was getting the attention of not just Egypt, but also of Israel okay, in this, this plague. And so, again, we, we, see, um, we see this instituted in Exodus 12, right? as, Jesus, as God tells, gives them the instructions of what's going to happen with this last, um, with this last plague. Okay? He, in, in the instructions, God tells the Israelites to slaughter a lamb. Okay, and when they slaughter the lamb, they are to go through this very special meal. It's called the saber meal, okay, where they eat all of the meat of this lamb in one sitting. Okay, but in the process that God gives them is they're supposed to take some blood from this lamb, and they put it over their doorpost of their house, on the outside of their house, so that when the spirit of death goes through Egypt in this last plague, when it sees the blood over the door, it will pass over that house. Okay, and not strike down that, that family. Okay, and, and so again, we see these instructions, this explanation coming in Exodus chapter 12, verses 12 and 13. Okay, where it says, On that night I will pass through the land of Egypt and kill all the firstborn sons and the firstborn male animals in the land of Egypt. I will execute judgment against all the gods of Egypt, for I am the Lord. And the blood that you have smeared on your doorpost will serve as a sign. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. This plague of death will not touch you when I strike the land of Egypt. And so we see this, again, is what, what happens, right? This last plague, because of this, like I said, it is extreme, okay, on God's part. But this is the plague that gets Pharaoh to let the Israelites leave. Okay, because this happens, again, this is where, again, Pharaoh realizes, like, if I don't stop messing, if I don't stop messing with these Israelites and the God of Israel, He's going to take out our entire country, right? So I, I, I need to let him go, okay? It was extreme, and it was that way on purpose, okay? But when we see, again, this first, um, this first experience of the Passover, okay, we realize that the sacrifice of the lamb saved the life of God's children, okay? The sacrifice of the lamb saved the life of God's children. It was the blood of the lamb, right, that made the spirit of death pass over and not kill the Israelite firstborn son. Okay, and so again, the spirit passes over. And therefore is the name, right, of this holiday or this commemorative holiday in the Jewish culture called Passover. Okay, and so from this point on, they were given instructions, right, to celebrate this holiday every year. Okay, and to, to have this commemorative meal, okay, called the Saber Meal, 
Okay, they, they again would remind them of this plague and how God saved his children, saved the children of Israel. Okay, again, we, uh, we see this holiday celebrated several different places throughout Scripture, um, especially in the Old Testament, but the most familiar is where we see it here in Luke 22, as, which is a Passover meal, right? What, what we know as the Last Supper. Okay, so we're going to look at this story, though, um, as we dive into this to get into the meaning of what this meal really means. So we're going to read, I'm going to read today from Luke chapter 22, starting at verse 7. Okay, so Luke, chap- Luke chapter 22, verse 7. Now the festival of unleavened bread arrived when the Passover lamb is sacrificed. Jesus sent Peter and John ahead and said, go and prepare a Passover meal so we can eat it together. Where do you want us to prepare it? They asked him. And he replied, as soon as you enter Jerusalem, a man carrying a pitcher of water will meet you, follow, follow him, and at the house he enters, say to the owner, the teacher asks, where's the guest room where I can eat the Passover meal with my disciples? And he will take you upstairs to a large room that is already set up, and that is where you should prepare our meal. So they went off to the city and found everything just as Jesus had said, and they prepared the Passover meal there. Now, as we see this account, again in Luke 22, this is setting up the Last Supper. Okay, is This seems oddly similar to what we saw last week with the triumphal entry, right? Jesus says, go into the city and go steal me a donkey, right? And, and you're going to, you know, it's all set up. This is what you're going to find. Just take it, bring it back. And so we see this. Now, he tells the disciples again, go to this place. You're going to find this guy, right? Go to him, invite ourselves over into this upper room because the room's already ready for us. Okay, and this is where we're going to celebrate the Passover. Okay, now Jesus, again, was, was Jewish. He came from a Jewish family. This was a holiday that they se- celebrated every year. This was not anything necessarily special, right? But just as we've seen, right, Jesus knew this Passover meal was really special. Okay, this one was going to be different. Okay, and Jesus was so excited about this Passover meal. Okay, and, and like I said, it's preordained. God had already planned this out. Uh, you know, this, again, we don't see the, the reaction, right, of the homeowner other than we just know they end up there, right? So we already know what happens, right? They, he's like, yeah, here it is. It's all ready for you. They set it up. They celebrate this Passover meal. But this last supper, this last meal that Jesus eats on earth with his disciples, okay, this last supper was supposed to be the last Passover meal. Okay, this was the last one. Again, this is one of the reasons why Jesus was so excited to do this. Okay, because this was going to be the last one. Again, Jesus, right, was 100% divine and 100% human. Jesus knew the plan, right, of how the world was going to be saved through the Messiah. Okay, he knew that he was the Messiah. In fact, right after the Last Supper, he goes into the Garden of Gethsemane, right, and we see him praying to God right before he gets arrested, and we see his his 100% human side struggling with his 100% divine side of knowing what's ahead, right, as he's praying, and he's like, Lord, if there's any way this can happen without me having to go through what I know I'm about, I'm about to go through in the next 12 hours, please make that happen, right? And then there's the, that famous line, I this struggle within Jesus between his, his divinity and his humanness, right? And he says, but Lord, your will be done, not mine. Right, as he submits, again, his human fears to God and says, God, I will do it for you. 
because you sent me to do this. Jesus knew this, this meal was supposed to be the last Passover meal. Okay, because Christ becomes our lamb. And he knew he, that's what his job was. Okay, and, and again, he comes to this. He's excited. He's, he's excited about this because he knew the plan is working. Right, this is zero hour in the plan of how God's going to save and redeem his creation. Okay, and he's excited to celebrate this meal because Christ becomes our lamb. Okay, in 1 Corinthians 5, 7, the last part of that verse, it says, Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed for us. Again, Jesus is our Passover lamb. Okay, which, again, and, and we see, again, this holiday okay, that is celebrated. The, the, the core things of the Passover holiday in the Jewish tradition is the sacrificial lamb, okay, the blood that was smeared on the doorpost, and the unleavened bread. Okay, and, and again, just as we saw in, in the description, right, in Luke 22-7, and it says that the, the, the festival of unleavened bread is also known as that, right, because bread was a very important thing, unleavened bread. Okay, remember those, those attributes of the Passover holiday, the sacrificial lamb, the blood, and the bread. We're going to come back to that here in a little bit. Sacrificial lamb, the blood, and the bread. Okay, but as we realize that I want to look at the attributes of the sacrificial lamb. What made the lamb worthy of the sacrifice? Okay, what, there was very specific instructions given to us in the Old Testament and then fulfilled in the New Testament about how Christ takes the place of this lamb. Okay, so we're going to look at that this morning. The first attribute about the Passover lamb was that the lamb was to be innocent. Okay, it had to be innocent. It, it had to be, uh, again, uh, you know, not blemish. Okay, in Isaiah 53, 7, it says, He was oppressed and treated harshly, yet he never said a word. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep is silent before the shears, he did not open his mouth. Again, this is a prophecy in Isaiah about the coming Messiah. Okay, I notice the language that is used in that prophecy is referencing a lamb, a sacrificial lamb. Because the Passover lamb was the foreshadow within Scripture of the gospel message. Okay, all the way from the very beginning, right, in the, the first part of the book, as you see, again, Exodus is at the first part of the Bible. From the very beginning, God's plan of redemption is in place. Okay, and, and the Old Testament all the way through, even from the garden, starts foreshadowing Christ. Okay, and the Passover celebration was a foreshadow of Christ. Okay, and this prophecy, again, you see, it describes Christ as a lamb. The Messiah will be a lamb that is led to the slaughter. Okay, so we see in the Old Testament, the lamb is to be innocent, right? Um, again, never saying a word, silent before it shears. In 1 Peter 1.19, okay, describing Christ, he says, he paid for you with the precious lifeblood of Christ, the sinless, spotless lamb of God. Again, why can Jesus die in our place to pay for our sins? Well, because he never sinned because he was innocent, just like the Passover lamb was supposed to be innocent. Again, Christ led a sinless life, which makes him the perfect sacrifice to pay for our sin. Because the sacrificial lamb was innocent. Not only was the lamb innocent, okay, but the lamb was also, had to be one of their own. 
They had to be one of their own. Again, in the Passover celebration, right, they were supposed to select a lamb out of their flock. Okay, this was a sacrifice that came, right, from their own possession. Okay, this, this was not something, this was not a lamb that was purchased for this purpose to sacrifice. This was supposed to come out of, um, again, their regular flocks, right? In Exodus 12, 5, it says, This animal must be a one-year-old male, either a sheep or a goat, with no physical defects. And again, they were supposed to pull this out of their flock, right? Uh, out of any of their flocks, again, a one-year-old male, okay? And, and ideally, a lamb, right? A sheep, if you don't have that, then use a goat, right? Again, every, every family was supposed to sacrifice one, right? Out of their own flock. Okay, as we see again in their own, then we see in Hebrews 2, 14 and verse 17, okay, where it says, because God's children are human beings made of flesh and blood, the son also became flesh and blood. For only as a human being could he die, and only by dying could he break the power of the devil who had the power of death. Then verse 17, it says, therefore, it was necessary for Jesus to be in every respect like us, his brothers and sisters, so that he could be our merciful and faithful high priest before God. And then he could offer a sacrifice that would take away the sin of the people. Again, God put on flesh and sent his son in the person of Jesus Christ, right, to die in our place. Again, why could he die in our place? Well, because um, he was innocent, right, sinless. But he was also, right, but he was also 100% divine, right? He was God own. Right, not only, right, the lamb had to come from theirs. He was a part of their flock, part of their family. Jesus is a part of God's family. Right, as a sacrifice. Right, the lamb was innocent. The lamb was one of their own. Also, the lamb was to be chosen. Okay, and there's a specific process they were supposed to go through to choose the right lamb. Okay, in, in Exodus chapter 12, verse 3, it says, Announce to the whole community, then on the 10th day of this month, each family must choose a lamb or a young goat for a sacrifice. Again, there were specific requirements to this lamb. Again, it could not be one that was already sick, right? It could not be the runt of the litter, okay? This was supposed to be, again, the, the sacrifice of the best you have, okay? And they were going through to choose this lamb and make sure, again, that it was. It was the top of their flock. Okay, and uh, again, it's a foreshadow again, and that is part of where we look even at our concept of giving, right, and the tithe, the fact that tithe comes from the first fruits off the top. Okay, is this, this lamb was chosen, right, out of the best. Okay, Jesus was not, and God was not asked here, God was not asking for their leftovers. He was asking for the best of their flock. Right, and they would go through and find, and again, choose the right one. In First Peter Two, four. It says, you are coming to Christ, who is the, uh, the living cornerstone of God's temple. He was rejected by the people, but was chosen by God for great honor. Again, he was chosen specifically by God as the best sacrifice for us. Okay, and again, who did God choose? Well, God chose his son. He sent his son. Right? He was chosen. So it was innocent. It was one of their own. It was specifically chosen. And lastly is that the lamb was to be slain at an appointed time. There was a very specific timeline that was supposed to go with this sacrifice and with this celebration and this Passover holiday. An appointed time. 
that we see in Exodus 12, 6, take special care of these lambs until the evening of the 14th day of this month. Then each family in the community must slaughter its lamb. Again, this was, these are not like, hey, when you feel like it, right? This was a very specific time. I mean, down to the hour of a very specific day, right? Of saying, this is the time to sacrifice the lamb. Obviously, we see in the original context, right, it was important they got the timing right. Right, if they were 12 hours too late, right, then their, their son was going to get taken in the place. Okay, if they were too early, that the blood would be all dried up and the, the spirit wouldn't see it. Right, the timing was very, very important. Okay, and, and again, we see the timing of Christ dying when he did. Because as we know, sometimes, and we've heard in previous lessons, right, in, in the gospel, right, that God's timing, sometimes we don't understand it, but we know it's always perfect. And you know, why did Jesus come when he came? Why did he die when he died? Well, because God's timing was appointed. Okay, God chose it very specifically. Okay, in Acts 2.23, it says, But you followed God's prearranged plan. With the help of the lawless Gentiles, you nailed him to the cross and murdered him. Again, a prearranged plan. God had it all set out. And again, Jesus, right, why was he so excited to come to this Passover meal? Because he knew what the prearranged plan was. Okay, and he knew that this was supposed to be the last Passover meal. Right? And the one where, again, the meaning would be fulfilled. Right, and as we realize that and see that, right, is just as in the original Passover in Egypt. Okay, the sacrifice of the lamb saves the lives of God's children. Just like the original Passover with Israel and Egypt, it saved the lives of God's children. And the same is true of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ as he gets arrested, beaten, bruised, crucified on a cross, and dies, and then rises again on the third day. The whole purpose of that plan was to redeem me and to redeem you, to save the life of God's children. Right, and it was very specific. And again, we see this plan foreshadowed from the very beginning of Scripture. Okay, and, and as we see, right, Jesus was excited about this Passover meal and because he knew the meaning of the Passover was going to be fulfilled in the next few days. Right, now again, we see his humanness, right, that happens here in the, later in Luke 22, right, as he struggles with it in the garden, as he prays, as he gets arrested and goes through the trial, Right, but yet he does it right for us because he knew the plan. Right, and he, he, he accomplished and fulfilled this Passover foreshadow into the gospel of grace. Okay, now this is why we now celebrate Easter as a holiday and not the Passover as a holiday. Right, because Jesus replaced Passover right, when he rose out of the grave on Easter morning and ushers in the new covenant, right, and the new gospel of grace. So we, that's why, again, we no longer, as followers of Christ, we no longer celebrate Passover. We celebrate Easter. And Jesus replaced, though, not only um, that holiday, right, but he, as Jesus replaces the sacrificial lamb, okay, he replaces the saber meal, okay, with communion. 
And that's what he does, again, at the Last Supper. And so I want to, again, look at this as Jesus gives us this in Luke chapter 22, okay, verses 19 and 20. Okay, Luke 22, 19 and 20, where it says, He took some bread and he gave thanks to God for it, and then he broke it in pieces and gave it to the disciples, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this to remember me. And after the supper, he took another cup of wine, and he said, This is the cup. This cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood, which is poured out as a sacrifice for you. Again, what are the, the important elements of the Passover meal? The sacrificial lamb, the blood, and the bread. Okay, what are the elements that Jesus now gives us in communion? He becomes our sacrificial lamb, right? And the bread represents his body, right? And the blood is represented by the wine or the juice. And Jesus replaces the Passover Saber meal with communion. Again, why does he tell us to do communion? Again, we do communion once a month right here as a church. On the first Sunday of every month, we, we celebrate communion together. Okay, and that happens to be next week, by the way. Okay, so when we take communion next week, right, we see, right, we're celebrating our sacrificial lamb, right, and remembering his body and his blood, right, through the bread and the juice. Okay, and as Jesus, again, tells us to do this, right, he tells us to do it, right, because it represents the new covenant between God and his people. Again, this is why we no longer do animal sacrifices to cover for our sin, right, because Christ became our sacrificial lamb. It is the new covenant of grace. Because now all we have to do to receive our salvation, right, is to believe Christ, right, was the Messiah, that he died on the cross, he rose again on the third day, right, and, and to, it became our sacrificial land to pay for our sins, and we believe and we accept him and ask him into our life and ask for forgiveness, right? That is the new covenant that is established between God and his people, right? And that's why we don't go to the temple and sacrifice animals anymore. That's why we don't celebrate the Saber meal, right, and the Passover. Instead, we celebrate Easter and communion, okay? And so as we, again, you understand this covenant, right? And then we now see Christ, right, as our sacrificial lamb, right? Is, again, Christ becomes, again, I hope, a whole new thing to you, right? And every time we come to communion, it means that communion is important and special. So I want to show you one of my favorite paintings, classic paintings, right, is this painting. Okay, the title of this painting Okay, is Agnes Dei, which in Latin means Lamb of God. Okay, why was, again, why was, what does this painting portray? All right, it portrays a lamb that, again, you see the softness and the love in his face, and yet it is bound for slaughter. Okay, and as we see again, this, the face on this lamb is the face who took the place of the sacrificial lamb for us. Right, and as we see again the, the, the deep meaning of this painting and of this picture, again, it, it was uh, given one more thing to remind us, right, of why we even celebrate communion. 
Again, we celebrate communion, right, to remember. That is exactly what Jesus says, do this in remembrance of me. Right, to remember this picture. That Christ became our sacrificial lamb. Right, to take away the sin of the world, to take away my sin and yours. And to usher in the new covenant of grace. Right, which means when we take communion, so not just next week when you take communion, but every time we take communion, we need to remember that communion is a big deal, right? Not a mindless routine, right? It's not a mid-service snack, right? It's, it is, it is a, a religious ceremony that is deep with meaning. And like I said, and we have a chance next week, right, to, to partake together, to participate in this. Because every time we do it, we do it in remembrance of Christ. Because Again, God knows us. He created us. He knows our hearts. He knows that we drift from his plan. He knows that we can easily forget and take for granted the things that have been done for us. Right? And so, again, Jesus tells us, he, he tells us to do communion, right, to remind us, right, to refocus our mind and our heart on, on Christ, on the destination of our journey. Right? So that as we journey in our faith, we're reminded of why it's worth it. To keep journeying towards him. Because Christ is our sacrificial lamb. And he died in our place to save us. Right? And so as we think about that again in our journey, is again our vision, I hope that you will join the journey. If that starts by joining today of, of receiving Christ as your Savior. Right? Believing that he was the chosen Messiah. He died on the cross. He rose on the third day. Right? And to, to, he's paid the price for your sin. Confess your sin. Invite him into your life, right? That's how you join the journey. Receive your salvation. But for those of us that have already done that, right, we have to choose to join the journey every day, right, when we wake up. We've got to choose every day to say, I'm going to join the journey today. I'm going to be more like Christ today than I was yesterday, right? And communion is supposed to remind us of that commitment, right, and the sacrifice that Christ made. So my hope, again, is that Every time we take communion, every time we see a lamb, right, every time, you know, we hear something about Passover, we're reminded, right, that Christ is our sacrificial lamb. And again, and even reminded how excited Jesus was to fulfill the meaning of the Passover meal. All right, which brings me to my final thought here this morning, and that's this. God showed his love by sending Jesus to earth as a sacrificial lamb. So we can be saved and have an ongoing relationship with him. Are you ready to join the journey? Again, I don't know what your journey looks like, but my hope is that you've joined the journey and you're going to keep journeying. Right? And whatever your journey is like, I hope that you will continue to join the journey every day. Right? As we continue to journey towards Christ. Lord God, that is why we sing. That's why we're here today, God, for the glory of our risen King. God, we thank you and we praise you, God, for the sacrifice that you made. God, because you are mighty to save, God, and we thank you today for saving us. And God, as we go this week, Lord, help us to shine your light, God, to share the love, God, that you took to the cross, Lord, with everybody around us. Lord, as we just go, go through the regular routines of our life, God, may it be a part of journeying towards you. God, we thank you and we praise you today for being our sacrificial lamb for taking away the sins of the world. God, continue to guide us as we go this week, Lord, and bless us today as we have fun 
and celebrate together as a church family, God, of this barbecue event. Lord, we pray that even that would be potentially the first step in someone's journey. And God, we love you. We praise you. We thank you today. Guide us as we go. In Jesus' name, amen.